You're listening to another Woodshop podcast, the OKS podcast of its type. Your hosts are Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find them as well as the podcast on your favorite social media platforms. Welcome, welcome to episode 179 of Another Woodshop Podcast, where this week we're joined by an artist that's ahead of his time, but with the eye on the past. He brings vintage flair to anything he touches, whether it's a sign, furniture, or your business. It's sure to catch the eye with bright colors and unique designs. And he's the reason I still look for wooden tapes on the beach. Uh, you might know him as Richard Television, but his friends get to call him Ricky TV. What's going on, Ricky? What's going on, man? <laughs> How Glad are you? What's here, going fellas. on? Glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for joining <laughs> us. We really appreciate it. And um, I'm shocked that uh, you wanted to be on here even after my awkward of, uh, event of asking you to be here at Maker Camp when I was plastered. <laughs> By the way, that's Wasn't that how awkward. we get most of our flattered. guests. <laughs> we like that most of our guests. I just like like ran up to him and like hung on his shoulder. Hey, you want to be on my podcast? You're like, come be my host. Come be my host. And you're like dragging him <laughs> under the fire. <laughs> uh, by the way, I also want to just, before we get into patrons, I do want to throw out this little warning. Uh, parental discretion advised. We're going to get a little sailory here. <laughs> yes. We're not going to put a cap on Ricky. Did Speaking I curse already? I probably cursed, didn't I? Did I? <laughs> No, not yet. No, I just wanted to, in case. Because people are like, oh, I always listen when I drop off my kids at school. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I'll have to be sure to put a parental uh, parental advice. Yeah, whatever it is. I love that. Put a nice little NT17 rating on it or whatever. But Dan. Yeah. Dan, speaking of cursing. Speaking (laughs) of cursing. (laughs) Worst transition. uh, You want to know why I'm currently cursing? We don't have any new patrons this week. Mm. Zero. What the French toast? Yeah, that's cursing. That's cursing in Polish. <laughs> um, but as always, I want to give a big shout out to all of our VIP patrons, and that is Jesse McIntyre, Gillette Woodworks, Victor Aragama, Matthew Hoff of Matthews Woodworking, Nick Brim of Nick Brim Woodworking, Matt Maynard of Patriotic Pine, Steve Iodrola. Bill Burkle, WTB Woodworking, Malcolm over at Boston Woodworks, Justin at Calvary Customs, Patrick Gensel, Michael Flickinger, Max and Mindy Coons at Stubby K Studio, and the Jacob Miller at A Sweet Shop. Thanks to each and every one of you. Thanks to all our patrons. You Love keep the kids. lights on over here. And quite literally, if you <laughs> want to join the Meh Army, as we lovingly call you guys, you can go over to patreon.com slash another woodshop podcast and Join up over there. We got some special stuff for you guys, and occasionally we send it out. Yeah, and uh, if you want to join, this is a perfect time because at the end of November, we're probably going to be doing our Patreon-only call, uh, and you can join oh, us yeah. and just hop on a Zoom with us and BS for um, the big Zoom an hour, out. but that hour is usually about two hours plus. <laughs> it gets out of control. Yeah, the last time we marketed it as an hour and we were there for like three. I yeah, think. we had to like be like, all right, guys, everybody go to your families. Long. You don't need to hang out with us. But speaking of not hanging out with their family and hanging out with us, Ricky's <laughs> here today. <laughs> and Ricky, we're both really big fans of your work. Uh, your stuff Huge. is amazing. Huge, humongous. And uh, for those of our listeners that don't know who you are and who are crazy enough to not know who you are, can you give us the elevator pitch? Who the hell do you think you are? Who the hell do I think I am? Um, A fraud. Uh, (laughs) 
Well, that's it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> I guess. I guess I'm a designer now. Uh, I started off as a as a carpenter, as a finished carpenter for about 20 years. Uh, and then I started doing signs, which I still kind of do a little bit. But now I'm I'm almost like an interior designer of some sort, creating kind of uh, immersive experiences. Um, and I don't know how I, how I'm getting away with it. <laughs> hey man, I I often feel that. How the hell am I getting away with it? Yeah, this? it's just I, I kind of understand. It's unreal. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, Ricky specializes in what I can only describe as vintage flair, uh, and yeah, and really, really buying and like not only just doing stuff in a vintage style, but actually reusing. <laughs> Uh, or sourcing material. So, Ricky, how did you get started with uh, like approaching all your work from like the vintage angle or the vintage vibe? How did you get into that? I've always been attracted to um, the nostalgia of my childhood, you know, um, especially early childhood, like late seventies, early eighties. Um, there's just like a an emotional attachment to to that. So when I started doing sign work and stuff, um, I'm just attracted to that style. It's just, it's kind of like my aesthetic. So I started to incorporate a lot of that into it. And then of course that, um, led me to do jobs that are more vintage because of the style, you know? Um, and, and is that something you're finding like a lot of success in now? Like you seem pretty busy with everything you're doing. Yeah. I mean, well, working with my ex-girlfriend in the vintage shop, that that was me like doing a lot more 70s work um and then because i did that for three years i got a lot of uh vintage followers so it's not just at first it was a lot of woodworking scroll saw followers and then as i did the vintage just my vintage following started getting bigger so yeah like uh i'm kind of there's not many people who uh, do what i do in vintage stores you know what i mean <laughs> That's yeah, no, it's yeah. not. I mean, you're yeah. you're definitely like that was, specialty work. That that leads me to my question. Do you find uh people or potential customers or clients reaching out and wanting you to come like across the country and do what you're doing? Yeah, so actually that's I what would I would imagine that's a pretty niche market, so. Yeah, so uh how long how long have you guys been following me for? Mm, 2 3 years. Yeah, about 2 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I did I mean, I was following you when your account name was Established oh, 1981. So I, I remember the yeah. tape series. So that was a while back. That was 2020, okay. 2019? Yeah. 2020. Yeah. I mean, I started yeah. the tapes a long time ago, but they keep coming back and up and up, back and forth. But I did, uh, I designed this. So this was like a step up for me. At one point in, in my girl's shop, we, I designed like a space age 60s vanity display. That's the one with the big mirror and it has jewelry display. Yeah. Uh, and another clothing designer in um, L.A., she really liked that piece and she was opening her storefront. So she wanted me to create something similar to that. So I built um, a similar piece and here in New York and drove across the country and up to L.A. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. It's a bit of a hike. It was fun. <laughs> it was cool. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. No, we're like yeah, we we made like a road trip out of it. You know, me and my girl, we just both drove across the country in a in a U-Haul and just made a thing out of it. 
And so in your work, you're also, you're not just applying a vintage style. You're actually sourcing a lot of vintage material as well, stuff that's not made. Um, so I'm just going to ask what all of our listeners are going to be wondering, like, where are you getting bulk asbestos these days? But <laughs> <laughs> in a serious note, yeah. where are you getting, like, are, where are you sourcing this, like, vin- like, when I keep thinking back to when you did the kitchen room, like that was, there was a lot of vintage work there. Uh, or pieces like was it from an old home or was it still new no i mean it's impossible to find that stuff really uh like i said my my ex is a she worked as a vintage so sometimes we'll come across wallpaper or something but really you just don't you just I, sometimes you come across the tile but you don't really want to use the old asbestos tile either yeah. you kind of have to no. find modern versions of that stuff that look authentic which gotcha. is pretty impossible you know it it, it it really is. So you got to find wallpapers that may, may look like that or a lot of the uh, VCT tile kind of just is classic. It just looks old. Um, so a lot of it's kind of faking it. Um, I'm looks dying clean, to find shag, a shag carpet dealer. Um, <laughs> it is. You can. There's got to be somebody out there. Find it. They, they do sell modern shag, <laughs> but it's all in the modern colors. You know, the colors don't look like the old avocado and orange. Right. And, uh, Avocado, that's yeah. such a good color name for it. Oh, so I know exactly gross. the color you mean. You yeah. just said it, and I'm like, yes, that color carpet. <laughs> I always refer to it as pea green. Pea green. <laughs> like the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. vegetable, yeah, not, yeah, the, no. yes, not the urine. Yes, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's that's cool. Um, now, but I you... do do a lot of upcycling. So upcycling oh, is usually the yeah. dumps or... Again, uh, when I was dating Lizzie, she would have access to like old t- televisions and stereos and, uh, you know, thrift stores. And um, I'm very interested in old electronics to kind of use in my work as well. Right. And you see a lot of that in your posts. Uh, you, I, I was just scrolling through and I saw an old TV that you use uh, in, in some of your content that, that looked really cool. I think it was an old pink TV, maybe. Or is that something you made? Um, pink TV, you said? It might have been purple. My memory's bad. Green. I don't know if you know this. I've gotten me. a green TV before, which is gorgeous. And I actually that one came. I found that one by the dumps. Oh, it's gray. I was way <laughs> off. <laughs> there's pink around it. <laughs> I, I got Yeah, there's pink. There's pink uh, stars and stuff on it. Yeah. It's like a a little TV. It looks like a little magnet. Or something. Uh, I'm not sure you're actually okay. talking about. But I use a lot of TVs. Like it's kind of like it's a trademark now too at this point, now that my name is TV, that I kind of moved over to TV. Um That makes sense. I never put that together. Wow, yeah, you should have. My goodness. But with, with an extra four <laughs> E's in there though. Yeah, so the E's are so I used to be established nineteen eighty one. And uh that's my birth year. I thought it was a, a cool name. But jokingly on story, sometimes I would call myself Ricky TV because I just thought it sounded like it sounds like very Japanese. It sounds like very cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, Ricky TV. Right. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I would spell it weird, just like like Pee Wee, because Pee Wee is like a huge idol of mine. Okay, um, or was so I would spell it like that because I thought it was just a fun way, novelty way to spell it. Rip Paul Rubin. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at some point, I realized it's just a way better handle. You know. It's yeah. just, it's a way better right. name. It's more memorable. People will know my actual name. People will, will, will remember my handle because nobody remembers 1981, you know? Uh, so I switched it over, which I was kind of scared to see what that was going to do. You know, I didn't know if that was like, would fuck up your exposure or something, but I did it anyway. Um, 
and it just made more sense, you know. It seems like it's working out pretty well. I love it. I, I'm really happy I did it. And we talked about this in a pre-show yeah. where, like, you know, it you were once again ahead of your time because you changed your handle to be your name, or now with the whole check mark and everything, everyone's changing their photos to be them and their names are more active on on social media. It's not just like Petrie's workshop or well, Daniel Dunn, obviously that's we know who that is, but you know, some people have it like I'm, their handle I'm as the main name. I'm not very creative with my name. <laughs> and like you so. said, there's there's plenty of accounts out there that don't even have their name in the description. Uh, whether they're trying to keep their last name out of it or just their name completely out of it. Uh, it does actually make it kind of hard to like reach out. Sometimes if somebody like compliments me on something, I want to reply back with the most powerful word that a person can hear, which is their name. And I'll be like, oh, let me see what their name is. So I could be like, thanks, Bobby, or whatever. Can't see their names. Like, thanks, it just feels so ingenuine, you know? Thanks, guy. Thanks, guy. And then she's like, I'm a girl. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> or even like on a podcast, you want to be like, oh, you know, you know that guy who does this thing? And then you, you got to say his name and his name is like Flawless Design or something. It's like you don't know the guy's actual name. You can't find So Mr. It. Flawless. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ricky's last name is uh, Sayeta. Mm, nice. You did it. Oh, Nailed I did it. it. Yes. There we Nailed go. I've been practicing in front of Nailed a mirror. It. um yeah so and see yeah you keep your name and your in your content so it's easy to find that's actually that's a great if we're you know our listeners are always looking for like what should i do with my content with my business put your name somewhere make yourself easy to find absolutely put your name so people know your name you know you don't have to put it in your obviously if you have a clever name for a handle it's better but uh having your name prominent somewhere on your page that you can find is necessary seo baby and one of the one of the biggest things that I used to one of the big pet peeves I used to have as a photographer and and you we would get like in these groups these photography groups that I was in they we'd always get like how do I how do I get out there more like on your website or on your social media handles say where you're from <laughs> yes oh my God. yes yeah a location is helpful oh, yeah big time my goodness, I can't believe how many people don't do that. I should do that, actually. I, I mean, just a general area. You don't have to give your exact address. I'm shut this just, door. Hold yeah. on, it's cool. Yeah. So if you guys are looking to uh, work with Ricky, uh, he is in the uh, Long Island. Long Island, yeah. baby. Long Island, so. Another Long Islander. Yes. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting overtaken over we've here. We've had Sam. We've had Dave. we got Ricky. I think we just got to make our way through the like the whole island. All of them, dude. Go along. All of them. Yeah. Well, it's a Long Island, so it's, it's a Long Island. Long. Uh, which I I believe, if I'm correct, Long Island is and Brooklyn and Queens are all one thing. They're all Long Island, and I hear that that's what people love to hear. Yeah, you went over this in Dave, in Dave's uh, podcast. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just start fires. People still message me about it. Like, no, they're not. <laughs> like, all right, I'm on. from like all the way on the end of the island, though. Oh, you are. You're. Yeah, I'm yeah. at the. I'm at the point. I'm at one of the points. Isn't there like a fancy part of the island that's towards the end? So yeah, the island is like ends like this. Like Dave was saying, it looks like a fish with the with the uh-huh. face of the fish is is Brooklyn Queens. Then it ends on two forks. The southern fork has the ocean on it. That's the Hamptons. Ah, Whoa. that's right. I'm on the north fork at the end of the. Of, so it's very similar, but uh, doesn't have the fancy name and is a little less expensive. But you're close enough to the nice area where you can get some good clientele. Yeah, which is kind of like cheating because uh, this is a small town. So I grew up here and I have a lot of connections. So to get jobs to, you know, like I do a lot of build outs in stores. So uh, my name out here is big. Like people go to me to 
I'm, I'm obviously I'm the only one doing that out here in the small town. So, but this is like a this is a uh, a vacation spot for people from the city. <clears throat> yeah. Right. So I'm almost like city adjacent in a way. So a lot of people who might be might have big jobs in the city come out here, and I have a big name out here. And then now I'm suddenly the most established artist. We're really just a small town. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's yeah. yeah. That's not a terrible thing to be. Oh, it's great. And then I, I mean, at that's... some point I'm going to work in the Hamptons just because it's so fucking close. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, That's nice. relatively speaking, you're close to New York City, but it's still like, what, an hour and a half drive? It's like two hours to three, oh, yeah. could be three hours in traffic. Yeah. The people from outside I mean, the area really me. don't understand like how close everything is, but how long it takes to get places to <laughs> yeah. get through Manhattan. Yeah. Like Dan, uh, for, for Maker Camp, he flew into LaGuardia. I live almost by Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So it was like an hour and a half plus with two tolls and a bunch of traffic. I think Braden at some point goes, I've been in, I was in more traffic on that one ride than I've ever been in Omaha. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you're on an island. You're on a small island with bridges and tunnels. It's like, yeah. And it's all cramped together. Yeah. It's, isn't it great? I don't know how you guys don't go insane to well, be we honest. Have well, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I'm out in the <laughs> woods, you know. Is there actually like nice. kind of woodsy area by you? Dude, you See, I'm just imagining... Like anytime I go to Long Island, I go to like neighborhoods. So there's like yeah, a little shitty house, house, suburban house. neighborhoods. I'm where yeah. it's actually nice. Yeah, not where. Wow. Dave okay. Dang. All right. Not where Dave lives. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what a dig. Stick it in and yeah. twist it. I like it. I'm like I'm, I want to. I want to. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say I want to go back a little bit. Yep. Pete touched on the uh, on the tapes thing, and I I've really been intrigued by the. The uh, cassette tape product uh, project you you've been doing for the last couple of years that uh, you say it keeps coming up every now and then. Where did that come from? And can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so that's like way back. That's like 2017, maybe, where I was still working as a as a carpenter with um, finished carpenter with most of my time, and then I would just mess around with stuff in the shop on on the weekends. And um, I got this idea where I wanted to actually. I did a. I wanted to make a wooden cassette, so I made a bunch of wooden cassettes for. Uh, uh, I used to do. I used to do like uh, name signs for kids, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. weren't like the traditional corny kind of like name signs for kids. They. Were, I tried to make them something that like when the kid was a teenager, they could still think it's cool. It's like very super artistic. Like I don't like this was a long time ago. So I did. I did one with all these walnut cassette tapes where I actually made like 50 walnut cassette tapes and even used cassette spools inside of them. Uh, and oh, made wow. this whole like name sign on mahogany and walnut. So then I had a bunch of tapes left over that. Cause sometimes they crack, sometimes they mess around. And I had the idea, like, what if I just like left this at the beach and it got all aged and stuff. And, and then I, then from there, I was like, what if I just pull driftwood off the beach and make it, um, make a bunch of tapes? I think that'll be cool. Like instead of trying to age it, you know? So, <laughs> it's so funny what you, you have one of your videos is pinned for the tapes and you're like kind of monologuing over you making yeah, them. It's the first one. Um, yeah. And uh, I watched it yesterday and I was like, watching you first, you're pulling out all the metal pieces from the wood, whatever. But like every, like, 30 seconds there was a shot of you cutting it and sparks just shooting out of the wood because you'd find some extra nail or something oh there's so many nails yeah destroying table saw blades but that's kind of my thing i'm such a savage like i don't i don't respect any of my tools so uh at that point so at one point i was doing that thing where you're like oh i'll make a bunch of things to sell and people are gonna buy them you know so i was doing that game and i made fucking 200 400 of these tapes like a lot of them 
uh, driftwood because we're like a touristy driftwoody uh, New England beach port town out here. So I was like, oh, I could sell them at the right. stores. So I made Christmas ornaments and magnets and whatnot. Um, and I just quickly realized that I just, I just don't, I just don't have the, the business mindset. I just don't care. Like, um, very art. It's more of like the artist where I just want to create stuff. And then after that, I don't give a shit, you know? So I was trying to sell them and, and I had to, you know, get my sales tax thing and I was selling some online and I was selling at a store. And it's just like, I hate this, like packaging each tape <laughs> yes. and mailing it out. I was like, I fucking hate this. Like, so I just wasn't really doing it. Like I could have sold them, but I just wasn't doing it well. So it drains all the creativity out of it. Yeah. It's, and it's, it becomes it a job. Soul crushing. It becomes a job. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I, so I just had all these tapes left <clears> over because <throat> I got lazy with selling them and I had a store downtown that would sell them and that was nice, but it, that got like annoying too. Uh, so then I thought it would just be funny. Like, what if I just like threw these back on the beach? And I was doing that for a long time, just taking the tapes occasionally and throwing them back on the beach for people to find. And locally, it was a thing. People would find them. A lot of people knew that I did them. So they would tell other people who were like, oh, my God, I found this tape. Like, uh, where did it come from? Like, uh, Found a tape. Make a wish. Yeah. I did, but then <laughs> so then last year at this time, I had a lull in work and I ran out of tape. So I was like, oh, I'll make a bunch more because I kind of I, I really liked doing that. Like it was like a message in a bottle kind of um, where you just throw the tapes out there and people find them. It's fun. Um, and you try to throw them in the water to hope they go far. But anyway, I had this idea, like what happens if I, cause it also feels cool when you know somebody finds them and they're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And, and they find you and stuff. It's cool. So I was like, I wonder if I could share that experience with everybody else. Like maybe I ship these tapes out to people in other places. And so this whole thing like spreads like worldwide, you know, or countrywide or something. So I, I threw that, out last year this time in october and the reception was insane you know like uh all like all my maker friends all these people everybody was sharing it it was doing really well and i actually made like a ton of money off of it too which was like funny to finally come around on that too you wow know? um yeah i made good money for that for that time uh that short period of time but it, it was awesome it, the tapes went as far as china you know whoa yeah wow. <clears throat> yeah it's funny because usually they go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I probably made 600 of them at that point, you know? So there's like Whoa. 600 of them out there. And it was two. I would do two for one deal. Like you get to keep one and then the other one you put in a body of water or you hide it somewhere in the woods or something for somebody to find. That's awesome. That's huh. such a cool creative project. Oh, it was so fun. And then it's it, like magical, you know? You, I would be sitting there wondering, like, how many people actually found them and, like, didn't know how to reach out. I wonder how many people – and I would I would always wonder, like, what was their reaction? Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd die to know that. That that just <clears> seems so cool. But it's cool not to know because my idea at one point was, like, oh, I'll put my Instagram tag on it so then I'll get followers, right? Which is a fun idea, but it's better if somebody has no clue because it's more magical for them to find this thing and really they have to make up their own story, you know? Right. Where it's like, if it has my Instagram, like then they just find me and they're like, oh, there's this jerk off, you know, like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, God. I wish I wouldn't have known. <laughs> um, well, last question I kind of have is, uh, um, I guess the full name would be Dakota Gold TV. <laughs> your, your daughter, so you you feature your uh, your kid in your content quite a bit, and we talked about uh, kids at uh, at this year's Maker Camp. It was very much like a family event. The kids were very 
well received. They were active in all the different activities. Uh, I mean, I was saying earlier that what we ran into you at the event, uh, your daughter was on a scroll cell with Lizzie. Uh, so like, you know, what have you ever like thought, oh, I don't want to, I want to keep my kid out of the concert or whatever. Or is she actively like very excited about her? Or are you just trying to get her involved in it? Cause I think it's really cool when families or members of the family get involved with all of our businesses. Did, did you, was a question, do I want to keep her out of the content? Well, no, like, so, uh, yeah. How do you feel about, like, are you doing that on purpose? Are you having, are of you putting course, yeah. her in? She's prominent. Yeah. She's very prominent yeah. in the, um, I kind of like, I've always, even before being like involved in the maker community, like on Instagram and everything, like on my own personal account, I've edited video forever. You know, it's always mm-hmm. just something I've always done. So I guess, I don't know. I've always featured her in it. And especially at one point I noticed um, back on my personal account, once she was born and everything, like it, she was like a major boost. Like a, so many women want to like see, you see, the, see the, your, you know, your daughter and what she's doing. And, it, and, and my mom moved away. So it became this thing where it's like, I'm going to include her. So every, you know, so everybody can see her. And uh, it just kept going. And she's just, she's, Produces a lot of good content too, you know. Yeah. Plus, a lot of the content you did it was around her. You, did, I mean, uh, you did her. Uh, I guess I think you did the nursery. You did some signs. I mean, right? I basically started this whole thing. Like when she was born, I was like, I started working, doing more stuff in the garage. I made her name sign. I made her a crib, and then eventually, I made her bed. Uh, that's, that's in the house, and um, I made her actually a couple name, different name signs. So yeah, she was like a very important step to all this too that's awesome yeah yeah she's gonna be like she's she's in a she's great community happy. yeah like this community like i love seeing you at this most recent event because like you man you got to be involved more and more of these little events that happen especially up here on the east coast where we have all the fun ones sorry dan yeah. uh because the, yeah, the yeah, community yeah. is just awesome and they welcome the families and it's just it's one of the reasons why i keep doing this it's everyone is so welcoming and and warm and motivating and if you want to try to give up you're not they're not going to let you everyone's very very supportive of each other it was so warm when i brought her there too i mean it was like i'm going there as a single dad which is fine because i do it all the time but i mean the the moms there just quickly i mean they know coda as as well as they know me because she's so featured yeah. prominently in my stuff they, i mean she just like they, they grab she gravitated to them and she had like three or four moms when we were there you know it was perfect that's awesome yeah, yeah. everyone's so nice are you thinking about going to WorkbenchCon? Oh, yeah. I bought tickets and everything. For you her. did? Oh, Damn. dude. Awesome. Oh, that's going to be so Excited. much fun. She's not coming. Though. I'm going solo for this one. <laughs> that's yeah, probably that was... better. Daddy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think WorkbenchCon is a family event <laughs> as much as I, like, Maker Campus. You can totally bring kids there, but like a lot of the action happens like after hours and running around and hanging out at the right. bar or the lobby or whatever. So, But either way, man, it's going to be awesome to see you there. Yeah, I'm excited. Yes, for Very sure. excited. Right on. Um, You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. It's it's different, but it's it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, the connections you make at WorkbenchCon uh, are great because that's a lot more like conversations. It's less activities. You do obviously have the classes and everything, but it's just really nice to talk to people and like get in their brains and get their perspectives on things. So mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be a good time, man. We're gonna have a, we're all gonna have a good time. And after meeting everyone. At Maker Camp, it's like I, you know, I'm excited. There's so many more people that I still haven't met yet that are going to be at Workbench, which is great, you know. 
Right. Right on. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't don't do both. So yeah, you'll get a whole different experience. And it's a different region of the country too. I'm sure it brings other people in. Because this this one was very New York centric. There was definitely people from other yep. places. Yes. But. Yes. I feel like more people travel to WorkbenchCon than they do Maker Camp. Yeah. That could be inaccurate. Well, it could also be a, the, the lodging. It's just easier with it's easier true, true, to true, true, coordinate true. everything in Atlanta than it is to coordinate everything in East Durham. Because that, that could be like, <laughs> Are you saying East Durham isn't a hub of activity? It is a uh <laughs> it's not. I, I can't I can't sugarcoat it. <laughs> it's 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 listen, it's great, it's lovely, it's got a nice campground, but like it really is in the middle of nowhere. Oh, it was cool uh, as hell though. Yeah. The, oh, it's it was so, so great. We, we just love it. Just the campsite alone was so kitschy and so cool. It was like right in my alley. I just thought it was so fucking cool. Right. Yeah. Did you guys camp in a yeah. tent or in a camper? Or what did you guys do? <laughs> um, so we um, we went there bringing a tent. And I figured like, – I didn't even know if we were going to stay because I didn't know if it was a kid-friendly <laughs> thing. I, I thought maybe I'd be driving home at night, you know. Uh, so we went there and it was pouring rain uh, and it was freezing cold. And I was like, fuck, I'm not staying in this tent. And uh, do you guys know what the fuck is his account name? I don't know, Chris Zeppeli or some shit. I don't remember his account. Yeah, Chris Zeppeli. Yeah, make, make stuff or whatever. Make everything. Yeah. Um, he said, had a property up there and he said, you know, you can camp out on my property. So I was like, oh, cool. Well, at least I can do that. Uh, but then we ran into uh, Wooden Maven while we were there and she oh, was yeah. staying in a trailer and she was like, you guys can sleep in my trailer. We have an extra bed. So that's where we stayed. It was amazing. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, very nice. And she was one of her, she was another it, one of Coda's moms. Like Coda just gravitated <laughs> to her immediately. It, I can see that. Yeah. Char is oh, uh, awesome. She's, yeah, so, awesome. Hey. so warm. So warm. She, she's amazing. Um, yeah, man, that's just, it, you're, you're stuck now. You're stuck in a community, whether you like oh, it or I not. It. I love it. <laughs> It's like it, we, you get adopted when you go to these events. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you've been a part of the community for, for fucking years, dude. Like these yes. people feel like real friends, but I never met any of them, you know? I mean, yeah. Everybody just seems to know each other. Yeah. Like Dan and I didn't know each other before the the like recording zero or episode zero, as we call it, which was just us hopping on a call to figure out if we like each other. Right. Uh, Dan and I, we were following each other, but we didn't never have talked or anything mike brought me yeah. on and then uh mike and dan were friends and and like now like he's my best friend and he lives across the country i literally didn't know the guy i've never met him for like eight months of our like life together yeah we didn't meet in person until like episode 40 it was maker camp i think 50 i think was it I maker think camp? You, you may have flown out for maker camp no didn't we go to or was it Mike's? Oh, it was Mike's first. That's right. Because it was like heart of COVID. Yeah. No, nothing was happening still. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we met in California and it was love at first sight. So much. This community is <laughs> awesome. I grabbed his butt. It's so cool. Yeah. So cool to have this, you know. Exactly. Speaking of the community, yeah. Yeah. do we have, are we going to go into questions? What are we going to do? You want to jump here? in a quick little you maker news do? or this week in. I don't have any maker news Let's to just talk do some about. Questions, well, only thing I want to shout yeah. out is, uh, um, uh, Justin from uh, Call Me Maybe just dropped a, a new video, I think, on the Pineys. Uh, oh, or at least he was doing some clips out. on there. So check that out. He's been, that's the thing. We, we haven't shouted him on. We haven't had him on. We might have want to have him on too. He's been doing a whole series of like, uh, essentially just a series on the maker community and these these artists yes. and woodworkers and uh, epoxy artists and ev- everyone, all these makers. So definitely check out his channel. Check out his Instagram uh he's uh 
He's one of my faves. He's so quirky and crazy and out there. Um, and he makes really, really, really beautiful documentaries uh, showcasing these guys. And he's also on the Roku TV app. Like you can actually watch him on Roku TV. That's what I was going to talk about. Yeah. You just reminded me. Oh, yeah. I found the Maker Channel on my Samsung TV. Ooh. I don't have a Roku. Well, it's fine. It's on there. But apparently, yeah, there's a Maker Channel on my Samsung. I got to see if I can get it on the, the Apple internet. TV. I. I would love to watch it. In a I've show. been watching the crap out of that. And I see Justin maybe come up. I see Jimmy. I see uh, Christina from Get Hands Dirty. There's been a ton of people on there. Bob Claggett, uh, Brad, Brad, what's his face from Fix, <laughs> fix, fix This fix Slap Bill That? Does that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's a really great yeah. channel. I'm so glad I found it. I was just messing around the other day. I had no idea that I had all these channels. And then I was I was going through it and I was like, oh crap, a maker channel. What's this? You know what's funny is like, and it's uh it's uh this old house channel. They, yeah, it's the they yeah, put it it's, on, it's awesome. I mean, that's why like Char was on the this old house, right? Was this old? Yes. yeah? She oh, she's cool. worked with them before. It was pretty cool, man. It's it's so awesome. Yeah. I love seeing. You know what's like, funny is uh is um my daughter found making fun. I didn't put her on to that show. Really? Yeah, dude, she found it on her own. I came out of the shower one day. And and I knew of the show and of the guys, but the truth is, I never really, I never, I didn't follow Jimmy before that. Like I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't paying much attention, you know. Um, and I came into the room one day after taking a shower, and she's watching the show, and I'm like, I fucking know these guys, you know. I'm like, I'm, I, think, I was like, I think some of these guys follow me, and and, and like I knew of the show, but I didn't, never watched it, or never right. paid attention to any of it. Uh, and she was fucking <laughs> gut laughing at Pat. Like um, <laughs> one of my faves, and I'm and and I'm starting to watch a show with her with her, and I'm like, this show is really good, you know. I'm like, these guys are fucking yeah, it's really good. It's... Yeah, it was. I was like, you know, so we're going to Maker Camp. She was actually uh, the reason, the biggest reason why I brought her was she was like wanted to meet Pat so bad, you know. Oh, that's so great. It was so cute. Did she get to meet Pat? Yeah, he's she so got great. To like use the lathe of them and everything. He was so accommodating. It was great. Oh, he's he's, a, he's just a great human. Honestly, being. I just want to watch a sitcom of Pat and Jackman, like Pat and Paul together, <laughs> just like yeah. they live in a house. And the odd couple yeah. types, <laughs> like two broke girls, but it's them. That's <laughs> 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 uh, so great. Um, yeah, no, they're a solid. I would watch we actually had them all on a podcast, and, and then Jimmy surprises the producer came on, and we had like. Probably like oh, wow. 12 people on this call. Oh, yeah. Was, we had him on for the pre-show. That was a That real, was a riot. <laughs> it was great. That was something. <laughs> um, there was like eight people on. It was it crazy. worked. It worked out, though. It was good. It was accommodating. Um, now, this last one, is it's not really maker news. I have two little things. First of all, Christmas is six weeks away. Just throwing that out there. I'm just doing my countdown every week. Six and a half weeks Thanks, away. Thanks, jerk. So uh, yes. get on that stuff, guys. Thanksgiving's in two weeks. Uh, don't panic. <laughs> but speaking of Thanksgiving, Black Friday's coming up. And I just want to remind everyone, like if you're looking for some tools or if you're in a line of tools already, if you need to get some new batteries or whatever, like everyone, I just picked up the like actual paper thing from uh, Home Depot, the orange store. And it was like, buy this, get like 12 batteries. Paper thing. Yeah. You know, what like the little flyer like that a... has all the promotions from oh, Black Friday. That's a thing they still print. Yeah. Have they it was, the I was walking in. I'm like, what's this thing? Whoa, paper. You know, so, um, definitely you know if you're looking to grow your stock of stuff or maybe you're low on some batteries or whatever you know this is the time of the year to to plan for that yeah and if you're trying to you know we always talk about like having your business pay for your tools so that your wife doesn't get mad or husband doesn't get mad or whatever it's like start stocking up whatever you're selling set some money aside 
and you can get some really good deals coming up. I mean, if that right now everyone's doing this whole like Black Friday month, which is just so stupid. Just call it November sale event or something. But like, you know, you can get some really good stuff. So uh, save your pennies and uh, get yourself something nice this year for Christmas early. It's my only little shout out there. Very good. Yeah, good. we still don't have a jingle for that, Dan. We got to work on that. No, we don't. We need to work on All that. right, well, should we jump into questions then? Let's jump in. Yeah, please. Let's do that. Uh, well, we, oh, I'm, I don't have the jingle. Oh, yeah, play the thing. Oh, Black Betty, Ramblin'. Dan, just put it in. I don't, I don't, I don't have it queued up. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's our jingle of Dan singing that, Black Betty. Uh, you want to start with the written in or you want me to play one of the audio ones? Yeah, let me uh, pull those up real quick, and I'm not stalling at all. He's not. <laughs> uh, we got two written-in questions. One of them is from uh, IG. We got a question from IG. Where did that go? It's right oh my God. there, Dan. It's very easy to find. It's right. Yep. I just had yep, it. Here it Jimmy. is. Okay, here we go. Yep. Got it. Uh, this is from Jimmy Alford over at uh, Trash Panda Wood. Uh, long time listener, first time writing in. I lean into the nerd niche hard and kind of personify ADHD woodworking. It's really difficult for me to make one product repeatedly. Not skill-wise, just mentally. I struggle with motivation for this. Even if it sells well, do y'all have any tips for this? Maybe something systematic. Pete, do you have oh. uh, any advice on this, dude? I'm. I feel like we could all we could all like give a little bit of answers. Yeah. So I I. I I do a little ADHD woodworking here and there. Well, I, Rick, you kind of talked about this. Like you got, you yeah, just got burned out. <laughs> I'm going to have no advice aside from don't do it. Just, but you don't, you don't hate doing a batch of something. Right. But then you just need to do something else after that. I don't mind doing a huge batch. I kind of like that. But yeah. once I do something, I'm over it and I want to do something new. Right. You don't like to do it over and over. Yeah, And, over. and I'm not the problem. I'm not like motivated. And I do, basically. I'm just not motivated by money. Really not. So I find it hard to like chase that. So even if I know it's going to be smart to make more, like I kind of don't care. So, you know, and, and right. I stubbornly don't and I'm getting away with it, which is nice, but I don't think it's possible for everyone to get away. It's definitely not smart business. I'm, I'm not good at that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I dream of doing that, but I, I also need the money <laughs> to, <laughs> yep. to keep a roof over my head. So I kind of lean into the, well, what I do is, which is an Etsy, Etsy work and that's, it's basically the same stuff over and over. But sometimes again. that could be a handcuff. You podcast. You know? Oh, it's it's yeah. definitely a handcuff. <clears throat> yeah. It's I I dream of just doing creative stuff all day long every day and and doing whatever I want and you almost, it, that's yeah. not You got it's not possible sometimes. You almost got to like carve time out for that. You got to you almost got to like uh Yeah. within your hours per week like schedule you time, you know what I mean, where you got to do something that right. has nothing to do with the business. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a hobby within a hobby. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. this kind of starts out as a hobby for people, and then you start making money at it, and then it just feels like a job, and it feels humdrum, and it it's, feels terrible. And you have to, like Ricky just said, you got to carve out some you time in there. You have to, otherwise, you're you'll just go crazy. I feel like I, I've managed to avoid it, and I don't know if it's just fucking sheer luck or if it's a an actual, you know technique but uh <laughs> it, it could be it could be hard man because like it like you said it could be a cuff or a clutch or, or a crutch or whatever like it, it could be like something that ties you down and and the thing with etsy too is 
Uh, if you're selling on Etsy, you shut down your store, you you're gonna have a hard time restarting that. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's absolutely. Yeah, it's it's hard. So, well, the way I deal with it is I I aim to make every step of the process as easy as easy and as uh, quick to do as possible. Uh, meaning I don't actually offer any personalization on almost anything except for special occasions or one-off cutting boards or whatever, because like anytime you personalize something, you're disrupting a system. If you have a system to get something like knocked out, like listen, I do CNC laser and 3d printing work. I throw material, I press play and I watch and make sure it's good. I clean it up. I pack it up. It's pretty hands off when a machine's running for a lot of these, I'm doing other stuff. Um, for stuff that I have to actually hand make like i would never offer a cutting board of a certain type that i have to make special that same cutting board each time um i can i can absolutely do that but to me that would be like overthinking it add a lot of stress to it i'm gonna get in my own way anything i can fabricate ahead of time i don't like to keep a lot of inventory on hand but anything i can keep a little inventory of so if i'm gonna make one and it sells regularly i'm gonna make three you know the other thing i do is uh, I go into batch production of a certain thing like Ricky does. I have cutting board seasons. Actually, it was, was going to be on my bench today. It's the beginning of cutting board season for me. I make cutting boards right. twice a year where I take all of my scraps and maybe a board or two raw board of whatever material for extra wood. And I just glue it all up and whatever sizes the offcuts tell me to be. Like whatever the wood tell me what size it's going to be, it's going to be that size. Plane it, clean it up, laser uh, my logo on it. That's my cutting board. And I have that stock and it sits in two totes, like black and yellow totes from Home Depot. And I bring them to shows. And then if somebody's like, hey, can you make me a cutting board? Like, I can't, but I have these made. And then they usually go, oh, like, I like that one or whatever. Can you personalize it? So one way to try to like control your ADHD and like not get stuck in repetitive stuff is like make a small batch but don't go crazy making so much inventory you're a store and you're sitting on that inventory for forever and then you're giving it away in a year because that's not something you want to do unless you want to throw it in the ocean that works hey. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine throwing cutting boards in the ocean? Ah! Fuck it. <laughs> um yeah that's my uh, that's that's my that's answer. a great question thank you very yeah. much jimmy uh our second write-in is from <laughs> Adrian from Hickory Homestead Creations. Issues. <laughs> I love this question. Uh, if you could be any WWF wrestler from back in the day, who would it be and who would be your tag team partner? Now, in the pre-show, Ricky, like he said he had a good one. So I'm interested yeah. to hear his answer. Okay. So we're going WWF, okay? Because when I was into wrestling, it was right. definitely – uh, the early did I say WWE? No, no, I'm saying like this is the time yeah. period I'm going is early 90s. So I have a, my favorite wrestler is Macho Man, so he's going to be my tag team partner. Um, okay, he's just I mean he's like his interviews are the best. But if I had to be one personally, I, I kind of love playing the heel, you know, and uh, I kind of like using my sexuality too, <laughs> and the name. I mean, I got to be ravishing Rick Rude, you know? <laughs> That's great. Do you guys remember him or no? Yeah. So he used to put his opponent's yeah. face on his crotch, on the crotch of his pants. Yeah. And, he uh, would do that like, and he would do that like when he'd go like this <laughs> with like Ultimate Warrior's face on his crotch. So fucking good. And he'd come out in a robe with a mustache, like absolutely yeah. ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah. Oh, that's that's. 
That's freaking perfect. Wow. I love it. Pete, uh, Pete, wherever were you ever into wrestling? Do um, you have a, you have a good I, so I, I, I came to this wonderful country of ours in 2000. So, uh, I, I missed the nineties scene, but I got to experience a lot of it because a lot of my friends growing up in the U S were into wrestling. So I got, in, I got involved in it too. And, um, Ricky stole my answer. Macho Man Randy Savage. Because oh, also one of the reasons I was going to say is I mean, every, he's got some of Macho Man. He's got some of the most. He was like this crazy, always sweating, always out of breath. There's like clips of him just going, <gasps> like taking breaths because he would <laughs> take these deep breaths between speaking any sentence. But everything that came out of that man's mouth was like Genius. laced with positivity and energy, and like he would like. He he's like, oh you macho man, macho man Randy Savage cries like you know he's like he would he was like this macho man but like he he was trying to make it okay for everyone to be okay with themselves and he was really there's like a positive message behind it I always enjoy that as far as a tag team partner um I'm gonna go with The Rock just because I I I think he's one of the most hilarious uh wrestlers turned actor now um out there and watching him with uh what's his face um uh that he's always Hart. Kevin Hart like they're back and forth <laughs> they're they're quips constantly and the facial expressions and everything I uh, I could laugh at that those two all day so uh that would be my tag team partner cuz I think we'd have a good time <laughs> Are you talking the rock from the early 2000s or the rock now um trans you know what it, it's the same guy he's just uh he's a little yeah he's a little more showy little now but now. the thing is i mean it's in wrestling you're showy too he's always had you know the, the eyebrow he was funnier and like, he was definitely used to be funnier yeah so, like, so yeah, I, i'd say the early 2000s because that's when i got exposed especially to him. when he first turned bad like yeah. remember he was a he was like a good guy <laughs> yeah and then those were our like villains back then. that's when he got like famous yeah, like it, like also like there was certain wrestlers that then like turn like they actually turned bad they were like the, the bad guys they'd get booed uh instead of everyone cheering right. for them it's so crazy it was such a showmanship to it it's an art form <laughs> dan i I would want to be a super fly Jimmy oh, Snuka. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved that guy. He he had such aerobatics <laughs> in the ring. I always wish I could do like the stuff that he could do. Uh, I just I I I really like that guy. And that, that I'm just showing my <laughs> um, uh, my tag team partner. I would want uh, 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 hacksaw Jim Dunn. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> he was crazy. <laughs> I love that guy. Or uh, or the the junkyard dog. Oh yeah, I I enjoy both. Definitely, of them. I, I just like the characters. Yeah, I like hacksaw because you know two by fours woodworking. That's how I incorporate that. I, I like I the think... heels. I like the heels of wrestling. Like I like that that drama's fun, and I, sometimes I feel like I try to play a little bit into that on Instagram too. Like I just mm -hmm. like that like fake drama. It's fucking hysterical to me. Right. I wish. Yeah. I wish actual athletes did that more often you know well yeah when they try to do it they get penalized yeah well you have like boxers do it like the, and fighters right. do it really well but like you need more football players that do it you know you need more like richard <laughs> sherman's agree. that just talk shit it's good it's so fun yes yeah. yes um uh richard sherman. Uh, this is just making me think of like there's a south park episode uh i just looked it up it's called the wtf uh, <laughs> there was a wrestling league where they all join wrestling, but they start making it like it every, every 
battle or fight is it turns into like a Macbeth play where they like they're acting it out and there's dialogue and all this stuff you know if wrestling is fake explain this <laughs> um all right are we going into uh audio questions though yeah we're my favorite i don't have any more yeah all right let's uh next question's from jesse hey guys jesse from sage Hill woodcraft here uh so I'm curious of how you balance doing commissions versus just batching a bunch of products and listing them. Anyway, I love you guys. Y'all crack me up. Thanks for the input. <laughs> See you later. Not well, <laughs> Jesse. Not well at all. Poorly? I mean, that's why. <laughs> very poorly. Um, that's why it takes me months and months and months to finish a product or a project that probably should have took a couple of weeks. If, a, if not a week, I mean, uh, case in point, the walnut table that I delivered a while back. I mean, that took me six months. That shouldn't have took me six months. Well, you got to age the wood. But it took me six months. <laughs> <laughs> I let it sit on the beach and I age it and I throw it, the it, it yeah, back. <laughs> But it took me that long for a couple of reasons. And one of them being, you know, Etsy takes up so much of my time. You know, there's no there's no schedule on a an open commission. I mean, there there could be, but it's real loosey-goosey, right? But with Etsy, they're like, you have to get this shipped out by by this day or you're getting penalized. So, you know, I put I put way more uh effort into batching out stuff than I than I do uh client work, unfortunately. It's tough. Yeah. What about you, Ricky? Do you find yourself in that situation? I'm in unique. I'm in a unique space again. You know, I don't do. If I do a a commission, like a sign or something, which has been it's been a minute, um, it's all commissions. I don't do any batch work anymore. Like if I'm doing the cassette tape thing, that's just like a fun hobby project to me. I, all my all my projects are really commissions or big client jobs, and I do one at a time. I don't even communicate with any possible clients in between. Um, I just kind of focus on one at a time. So I'm in just a, a unique space. I don't do, yeah, I don't do that anymore. I used to do that. I'm very envious of you. It's <laughs> nice, dude. Get rid of Etsy. Just do it. I wish. Do it. <laughs> so, so my answer is um, poorly, and I managed it poorly, and that's why I'm, I'm in a situation I am in now. So when I started all this, it all it was all commission work and somebody being like, Hey, can you build me a table? I have a hundred dollars. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? And like, that's how I got started with all this back in like 2016, 17, whatever it was. And it, it quickly became overwhelming because like I was working full time or I was in college at the time when I started and it just, it was hard. It was really, really hard. And, uh, and it would stress me out. And I realized working with clients directly, um, especially when it was clients that were really close to you and your, their expectations were high and your expectations for yourself were even higher. It would stress me out immensely. It would make the act of woodworking, which was my stress reliever and my thing that I love to do and tinker. It made it not fun. And it really peaked. I, I would go through these stages where I would like do it. And I burned out. I, I like left Instagram, didn't do any woodworking for like six months at one point in like 2019 or something. I was just like done with it because it was it was a lot. It was like too much work and I'm working crazy hours at work and I was working retail. So the hours were insane as it was. And slowly with 3D printing and fabrication and having now 12 
robotic employees that work for me when I tell them to work and I can record the podcast while stuff is printing downstairs. Um, it has freed me do up. Do they complain ever? What's up? Do they complain ever? Um, some of them do by breaking down and then I have to fix them. <laughs> There's two right now that are down. <laughs> so they're on, uh, wait until they they're on leave. <laughs> Yeah, wait until they take over. Um, yeah, we work exactly. on you. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, you, you would hate my house. It's all robots. <laughs> I saw um, it, dude. Yeah. But, like, you know, what's great is I I got really mad at the whole situation a while back and I'm, it was because I was managing it poorly. And it was, I am so effing tired of being tired and angry and stressed about this thing that I had that was a stress reliever for me. So 3D printing, when that took off and my Etsy shop took off and you know, I got a better job. So I was making more decent money that was actually paying the bills. I was like, Oh, I can reclaim woodworking as a passion project. Like making in the shop became more of like, I only take on commissions. Like if people hit me up, they're like, Hey, can you make me a table? Whatever. No, I can't. Oh, like, Oh, you're like, when are you going to be free? Like just, I'm not looking to do that right now. And now I just use the excuse. Like, I'm sorry. I'm working like sponsor posts and content, whatever. I just don't have time to do whatever. I have time to take on commissions. I don't want to because woodworking and the maker space that I have in my house was for me not to be a business. And I somehow accidentally and very luckily fell into a space where I can actually build a business around it, but where that's not the main thing. So don't, I, what I would say is don't compromise your values and what you're happy with. Like if you want to, I was Jesse, right? Jesse asked a question. Yeah, Jesse. So like, yes if you want to keep doing this, but you don't want to burn out and like get tired of it, like find parts of it that you like. And we talked in an earlier question, we answered part of this in the previous question as well about just like uh, batch work and whatnot, find the parts you enjoy and stick to it and then say no to the parts you don't want to do. Uh, totally. And then only take on commissions if they really excite you. Like I'll only take on a project now. Like I'm working on my buddy's van conversion for basically no money because like, I think it's super cool and he's going to like camp out of that thing. And it's, you know, it, he, we just installed a heater in it this week. So he's literally going to be toasting in the winter while he's traveling, working remotely while he's in there. Like that's a fun project to me. And that's what I want to do. I want to have it be fun. So my answer is try to make it fun. <laughs> Sorry, just a long way to get to that point, but make it fun and make sure you never, this never turns into like a grueling job for you that you're not going to enjoy. Like Ricky yeah, said. Say, yeah, yeah, say, yeah. Say no. Say no. Say no. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because you actually just explained kind of what I'm doing. Like, uh, I mean, I'm doing all commissions kind of, but again, I'm only doing one at a time. The ones I want to do, the, the one, ones you, know you want I mean? to do, which is the same thing. I mean, you're doing batch work, you know, in the <clears> background, but, uh, it's very similar. It's a very similar technique. It's kind of like just do one and kind of like do what you want to do too, you know? And I'm going to call out somebody, um, Scotty Holland, hope you don't mind. I'm going to use you as an example. I was texting with him today and he's really stressed out about his business and he's trying to wrap up the year and everything. And he was telling me like, I lost 60K of potential work or I lost 60K of work this week because people can't wait for, for the work to be completed. And I said, no, 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 you, you didn't lose that work that those people walked away because they couldn't work on your schedule. They couldn't work within your means. They're wasting your time by even getting this far in a process when they couldn't have waited for this work anyways. Like you work at the speed of you. Don't ever let the customer or the client dictate how overworked you are. If they can't work around your schedule, they need to walk away or you need to just have them walk away. Uh, and it's not on you. It's never on you. 
this is your life. This is your business. Don't stress yourself out over it. Um, you're supposed to be enjoying yourself. And, and as a business owner, like, you know, doing all this stuff ourselves, like we, we all get stressed out. Right. But we, we enjoy, we love this shit so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we love doing yeah, this. We're never right. going to, it's a different kind of stress. So the customer doesn't need to add the stress to it. Right on. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. Love you, Scotty. All right. Next question is from Malcolm, the voice of AWP. Hey guys, it's Malcolm from Boston Over Woodworks. And I just want to say hello to Ricky TV. Ricky, uh, it's my loss that I wasn't following you before this week because I've been binging your content and my God, you are talented. And guys, uh, really great job on landing another killer guest. Ricky, I I have questions about the pink furry fabric wall that you put up in the donut shop. That thing looks (laughs) awesome. Were the owners concerned at all with having to replace it from time to time if it got dirty? Because I'm sure everyone wants to touch it. Hell, I want to touch it. I might make a special trip to touch it. <laughs> and I realize this got a little awkward just now, so sorry about that. But please let me know what your thoughts were. Okay, bye. I can't wait to hear about this. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, when I designed it, that's the first question. I was like, well, is it going to get dirty? And it's pink, too. It's like a light pink, so it's not, you know. And... Really, my response was, it's going to look awesome. You know it's going to look awesome, and you might have to replace it. Uh, but wouldn't you rather have, like, that full experience than, than, like, let's say, paint that wall pink, and then you have just a flat, shitty wall? Like, this fur is actually the tactileness of it. The kids are going to be playing with it. It's going to draw people. It's going to make that whole hallway and the heart mirrors look, like, just better, better, like, more experiential. So, and then the other benefit too was we were looking at wallpaper because he did, it's a husband and wife. So the wife obviously wants to do all the cool stuff that I want to do. And the husband wants to save money, right? Um, (laughs) Even though he's cool, he's cool, but obviously he's a business guy. So he's like, oh, I don't know. Um, So he was concerned about it and he was kind of pushing for wallpaper at some point back there, which I was, I didn't love. Um, But it turned out the fur was actually cheaper than the wallpaper. So by like half, win, win by half. So I was like, you know, let's just, you know, it's going to be better. Let's just do it and see what happens really. I mean, if we got to replace it, we got to replace it, you know? Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Um, I mean, why not? It it went up really easy. It went up really easy aside from Sam had to spend an entire day uh, cutting the edge because it comes like almost burned or something. It's like, it's like uh, melted at the edge. So Sam came, Sam came from uh, DIY hunters came to help because she lives close and that was like where we first met. Uh, and I had her cutting the the whole length of every. Um, oh no! It's fucking oh, eleven brutal. foot ceiling. She's cut the she cut the whole length, but she was um, she was locked in. She you had short she, short Sam doing that. <laughs> <laughs> she actually cut it all. I didn't cut a single piece of it, so it was great. Uh, but it went up really fast. You just throw it up and staple it up. It was it, so replacing it should be pretty easy too. So in the pre-show, you mentioned something about the fire marshal not liking it either. Yeah, so that was the scary part is we finished the whole project and the fire marshal, you know, then they're just self-important trying to, you know, make a living. Oh, marshal. So he he was like, oh, this place is great. But the one concern I have is like if somebody lights it, some kids come in here and they let a match, that whole wall is going to go up. And and then, uh, you know, he said to the owner, like he he was going to have us pull it down. But the owner was like, oh, I'll look in some fire retardant and stuff and kind of like brushed him off. And we're hoping that it just stays that way, you know. Oh, God, what a buzzkill. See, that's so, a, there's so much buzzkill. That's <laughs> the thing, though. You, you know, we we have makers on here all the time. Um, and I don't always categorize them as artists. 
uh, a lot of we're all makers, we're all artists in our own uh, way. But like I, I definitely when I look at your stuff, like he's an artist. He's thinking differently than most people. He's not thinking in right angles and basic basic things. He's thinking of textures, feels, looks, and when you're looking at stuff as art, I feel like you don't look at it as function anymore. It not necessarily. It could be function too, but you definitely look at it as more eye pleasing, conversation starting, uh, a piece, not necessarily a wall. Like it's it's a statement piece. So so there's something to be said about that. Like yeah, it might be cheaper this way, or it might be safer this way. But like or easier. Everyone's like it's easier, easier to do easier. this. Easier to do that. Like I don't care about easier. Yeah. Yeah. It's art. <laughs> it's not yeah. supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be fun and different and expressive. So I like the way you said you're you created an experience and it draws people yeah. in. And I think that's probably exactly probably what happened with that. Place. Oh, by the way, yeah, if I, anyone listening, uh, all I was going to say is if anyone listening knows a good shag carpet supplier <sighs> that has unique <laughs> colors, Ricky is looking all for colors. someone. So please, awesome. or all colors. So uh, Ricky is looking for some suppliers. This is an actual but request. <laughs> but I'm always running into that problem with clients, obviously, too. And just my design in general. Like I have to – I want it to be like crazy. But sometimes it has to be more functional and yeah. or more like durable because it's going to be re- it's going to be retail spaces. So it's got to be durable. Or I'm always running into that problem for sure. Um, and because I, I prefer aesthetic over any of those things. And cost – or time. Sometimes I'll design something that I know is going to take me way too long. And I just won't charge the client a lot for that. You know, I'll be like, I'll charge you $10 an hour for that piece. Cause I feel like doing it, you know, it's <laughs> fun. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Cause I want it to it's, be, it's complex. another, yeah. It's another one of those things where like you're doing what makes you happy. So yeah. you, you don't get bored with it. Right. Yeah. But then I get all the, like, you know, the guys who, um, business guys who care about the bottom line and time and, and they're always their advice is always like you could have done this faster by doing this or by doing that or like it would have been easier to use this material or something that's kind of like i don't give a shit about that oh, yeah. it doesn't get me going right <laughs> yeah 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 i mean we all get that i mean you're gonna get that on the internet that's i feel like that's the way the internet goes i mean a bunch of know-it-alls everyone's got an opinion <laughs> And it's usually wrong. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Next question is from <laughs> Lars. Hey, guys. It's Lars. Uh, just calling in and wondering if any of you have ever broken a brass threaded insert in uh, ash or some hardwood like that before. And uh, if so, how the hell did you get it out? Um, currently struggling on trying to repair my couch that came from Raymore and Flanagan that looks like uh, it was built out of the same pallet wood I used to see at AutoZone that air filters and stuff would come in on. Uh, some drunk cockeyed sailor took a stapler and just missed every fucking staple. I mean, sorry, uh, every staple that he possibly could on this thing. So trying to repair it, trying to get an inserts, um, some new inserts in for the feet. And uh, I broke the first one. Uh, thanks. I got you. I, I, I've never had that experience but my first thought was uh he, well it sounds like the the thread itself broke and not uh the threads in the in the insert or outside of the insert so like he didn't strip it out in any way right i i it's just broke i i think let's just assume that it's stuck in there 
He can't okay. remove it with the wrench. Maybe it's stripped. Maybe they're cheap. Maybe <clears throat> whatever. And the thread is shot or it's not all the way in. It's stuck. Whatever. Like whatever the scenario is, it's worst case scenario. The first thing that came to mm-hmm. mind was put a bolt in there and star bond it or CA glue it. That's a good put one. Put some activator in it and try to take it out that way. Try to unscrew it. Otherwise, I have nothing. I've never had that happen. I got you, baby. Fingers crossed. I have uh, dealt with something similar. So there's two solutions that I've used in the past for something like this. Uh, Fire. Burn it down. Just burn the whole thing. Start from scratch. You can do a better stapling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, First one is they actually make screw removal tools. Just literally search screw removal tool. It's a reverse thread on it. So you can pop it into like if you have a bolt or 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 something where you got to remove it. They're really designed for like the tops of screws where you kind of like drill it out and then you screw into the top of the screw wherever you drilled it out and remove it. But they make big enough ones that you could fit into the threaded insert. That's option one. Hmm. The other option, which is what I use, when I, literally the exact same thing happened to me. I stripped a, a very cheap Amazon brass head that then I ended up throwing, up all, throwing out all of them because they were so cheap. Um, I ended up getting my smallest core hole saw like the saws that are, it has a drill bit in the center and then it has a circular drill bit around it. And it's usually for cutting, like if you got to cut a three inch hole in a wall or something, you know, you've got the center pilot bit and then you got the big hole saw around it. You can get a fairly small one and use the center of that. Usually it's hollow through so you can drill it out. You might have to tap it first with a metal um, drill and then drill it out and you'll literally remove the material all the way around it. And then you put a plug in. And then oh, re-tap it again. So that's the more laborious way of doing it. But you're essentially removing that whole thing. You're screwing, uh, you're drilling through the center and you, the whole saw is making a circle around it and you break that thing out of there and uh, just fill it in again. That's probably the best way. I'll give you like the right cleanest, there. but again, this is for feet. Like I'm assuming you're leveling feet and stuff. You might be able to get away with the, uh, the reverse thread uh, screw head removal tool or just bolt removal tool well if it's for feet you're probably going to want to not destroy the wood that the thread is in so like i feel like you could destroy the threads themselves and then if you put another insert in there it's not going to be any good so i i I think either way you'd want to do a plug plug in in. i think you're you're right yeah Yeah, you want to do a plug in that spot meaning literally glue it in and then re-tap that hole again as if it's just a flat piece of wood re-tap it maybe tap that hole <clears throat> okay, next question. You have no. Hold on. Does Ricky have a <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. A, a solution? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No there you go. <clears throat> All right. Last question. It's unfixable. Is sorry, Lars from France, and it's from Thomas. Hey guys. So for tonight, how about a woodworking question? I bet it's a nice change from Etsy or content questions. But first, Pete, I've been looking everywhere, but I can't find it. Where is your new video? God damn it. Uh, it never gets old. Is it what you call throwing under a bus? Alright, my question is the following. Uh, so I'm wo- I'm working with a candle maker and I turn for candle him maker. a bunch of small wooden balls to, well, make candles inside. And to mm-hmm. be sure that it doesn't leak, I want to use a film-like finish inside. And it has to be heat resistant up to 60 Celsius degrees, which is like candle hot Fahrenheit for the colony. 
I was thinking varnish or even epoxy, but it has to be vegan or, or at least as natural as possible. Oh, and vegan. I'm currently using shellac, but it takes a lot of layers to be effective. Do you have any suggestions? All right, bye. Have a good podcast. Oh, so first things first, we need a translation. So he's uh, he's working with a candle <clears throat> maker, not a condom maker. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't use condoms. <clears throat> Dan's got I kids. And, and, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't either. Anyways, he's working with a candle maker and he's working, uh, he's making these wooden bowls uh, and he's to finish them with apparently a vegan finish of some kind, something that's food nice. safe. I'm assuming is what he means. Uh, so he would usually do some kind of varnish or epoxy, which I was going to recommend like to some kind of like varnish, like a halcyon or something. But he wants a, a, a food safe version and like really a hard wax oil when it cures properly, which I think in most oils, it's about three weeks to fully cure. Right, Dan? Forget the. It really depends yeah, on the product. It depends on a product. And you probably want to do a couple of layers. He's <clears> using <throat> shellac right now, which kind of is a great option as well. But same thing. You got to do a couple layers. Got to let it cure. It's got to be heat resistant too, <sighs> right? Is that what he said? Yeah, which I this is going back to the whole Mark Spagnolo like any finish is safe on a cutting board thing. Like any, any finish is going to be fairly heat resistant. Once the, whatever right. solvent flashes off, whether it's water, alcohol, oil, and, um, yeah. And it, after anything cures, it's food safe, food safe. Ish. And it's, you know, as long as you're not cutting on it. Thing is, none of these finishes <coughs> are going to be a hundred percent heat resistant for something like that, but it's a candle. So like, you're not really going to have, I don't think you have to worry about it too, too much maybe think about the design so that it's a little wider in some case. So like the, the, the wick doesn't come as close to the piece. I don't know. This is why I don't laser engrave like lanterns because I don't want people putting candles inside them and catching fire. <laughs> uh, but Dan, any, any suggestion? I was going to suggest pure tongue oil. I mean, that's a nice natural option. Uh, when it cures, it does take a, a bit to cure. I think it's like over a week. Um, but it, it creates a nice varnish like finish. And I think it's got all the qualities you're looking for. Tasting in water or alcohol based. So when it flashes off, there's not really anything left except the finish itself. You think tongue oil or mm-hmm. you said tongue oil, right? Pure tongue oil. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ricky, Pure any, any thoughts on finishes? I don't like finishes. Wallpaper. Wallpaper, carpet, <laughs> just, shag carpet. CDs, CDs. Just line, line the bowl with shag carpet. That's great. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know, if you want to reflect the heat, you want to turn that thing into a disco ball. Yeah, do use disco mm-hmm. glass. Maybe a bunch of small pieces that you had to order from China, especially because you can't find them anywhere. Oh, really? I like yeah, that half inch size. Maybe. You know what's funny? I have a brand new sealed thing of like a hundred CDs in a pack that I've been saving for like a project something Do it. yeah and like you're just gonna crush it not even crush him just like have, like when i was so when i was younger because you know all those aol this i'm sorry i'm going off on a tangent you know those aol starter start discs like get the first 27 hours yeah. or whatever i anytime any store we went to i grabbed the whole stack and i collected them and then i ran an led light through it and i had this like six foot tall cd tower that i would just like glue the center thing together and had leds through it it was not as amazing as I thought it was going to be, but still, I had like 400 CDs at my house. 
like stacked. <laughs> did you see? You saw the All CD. Well. You saw the CD countertops I did, right? At the <clears throat> yes. Donut shop. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. I should. Oh, that's what I should do. Just like a CD top, and then like uh, you just lay down. Top. You lay down like I say mirror. You lay down a mirror first Ooh, to fill in the gaps, that's, that's and then you I, lay the CDs down mirror side up. Um, and then what I did is because I was nervous about pouring epoxy at that distance, especially in a store. Um, I just put I just put tempered glass over that. Um, it was like easier. It. Just got the tempered glass cut and dropped it in. That's actually a great. I idea. say put those CDs on the ceiling in your bedroom. You're welcome. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's what we used to do. It's like you know, bring a girl over. You got some CDs stuck to the ceiling. Maybe some lights reflect to it. You know, that's how you get them. It's a party. Yeah. CDs are Got crazy. Em. CDs nuts, right? Am I right? Crazy. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think with that, that's all of our questions, <clears throat> right? No mas questions. Good. Yeah. yeah. No mas questions. This is yeah. <laughs> Ricky, thanks for hanging in there, man. This is a, this is a <laughs> Oof, that was a tough one. Uh, I know. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> oh, dude, thank you so much for Farnish. joining us. This was awesome. Uh, I love what you do. Uh, Dan. Wait, we're not done, are we? Too. No, I, we can, yeah, yeah we let's of, keep going, bro. Let's go all night. <laughs> I was afraid oh, you were going to fall <laughs> But, dude, we, we love having this. Is I got to go to bed. This oh, is Danny. Danny boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me. I like sleeping. Dan takes done naps. <laughs> oh, like Dan, sleeping. I did take that done nap, and then I did have coffee afterwards. So, oh, good Dan takes day good. naps in the middle of the day. Do you guys want to right. see my tracks on real quick? It's sitting right here next to me. Did you guys see you that? Yes. Did you see mine? Mine's cooler than yours. Why do you guys have track saws right Why next to you? Why is your track saw not next to you? What? Oh, that's awesome. That is what? dope. That's crazy. I don't think I've ever seen that in a video. Is that new? I just designed uh, a little The thing is because nobody, nobody gets to see my videos, so that's probably why you didn't see it. You know? Oh. Yeah, but see, it's but, so funny know, nobody... that we both had track saws within our like, arms. <laughs> Dan? Yeah, I didn't get the memo. What the hell? Yeah, dude, you fucked up. <clears throat> get on that next time just a random tool like show we should have a new segment show and tell show and tell <laughs> we're just yeah. like this is a square it's not actually a square it's the shape of an l but like <laughs> i could just show off all my timu red tools yes <laughs> all the knockoffs <laughs> ricky have you bought anything from timu yet no yeah i'm don't i'm, I'm don't. weary <laughs> uh i fell i fell down that rabbit hole a couple weeks ago yeah, but you bought a bunch of decent stuff. Decent tools. What is right? it? Is it kind of like Harbor Freight? Like that kind of thing? No, it's like even worse. It's it's like Wish.com. It's AliExpress. Mm. Yeah, it's it's super Chinese knockoff stuff. It's terrible. Sketchy. Yeah. But yeah. like the the <clears throat> tool quality is decent for what you're I mean, he's I bought some Woodpecker knockoffs. I bought some uh Woodpecker knockoffs and I feel bad about it because Woodpecker is a very like American-made company, yeah. you know. But, you know, curiosity gets the better of you and when you see the price tag versus the the price tag on the on the originals it's like it was like 50 dollars for like 10 rulers that you got or whatever right <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? i mean they, they're not terrible they're not terrible they work i mean dude there's so many t- tools that i have in my shop that are just like hand-me-downs or old rulers or squares or whatever like i don't even know what brand they are i just use them you know right some of those are the best ones yeah yeah, I'm not like a tool purist because I, I don't treat anything with respect. So, like, I'd rather have the cheaper blades and stuff. I've I'm seen your table saw top. It, that's the only part that get, makes me cringe. 
<laughs> it's what's wrong with this table saw? Uh, talk? It's what full of missing? spray paint and rust and fucking epoxy, and it's just a workbench. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. work you know the sparks in the video? That was just him trying to run wood through the cast iron. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, I've uh, used a track saw on top of it too, plenty of times. Just cut into the metal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yikes! I'm, I'm actually like, <clears throat> I remember seeing your shop for the first time, and be like, oh. I was kind of expecting like very old vintage tools. Like everything was like <laughs> plugged in with a sketchy cord or something. I'm like, no, the guy's just like, he, he just uses good tools. <laughs> savage though. Total yeah. savage. I've run a boom box through that thing too. Oh my God. Like through the table saw? <laughs> Straight through. Yeah. So I can cut it off. Uh, t- I always run TVs through it too to get the face off. Well, but the, the so frame you're telling me you don't have a saw stop. Nope. Oh, you got to disable stop. that saw stop. <laughs> Cheese. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, again, Ricky, thank you so much for joining us. This was this was yeah, awesome. It was fun, man. This is good. Um, yeah, it was a great time. I'm I'm glad you uh, accepted my drunken invite. <laughs> and where can people find you? Where, what's your main invite. area for dropping all the content and the knowledge? What was that? Where what's where can people find you? Ricky TV on Instagram and TikTok, where I'm actually respected on TikTok. <laughs> where You're people actually really? where people, well i'm respected on the instagram community but nobody sees my shit on instagram like it took me it i just had my first viral video on instagram after Yo. how many fucking years six years or something i've been stuck at 10k for two three years you know no way really yeah, dude. i just that I, is a travesty every video yeah. before that has only hit like maybe 20 30k views and told this one that just hit you know Good nice. Lord. Well, yeah. at least it's, it's popping off now. What are you at on it's TikTok? Nice to finally feel that. Uh, TikTok, I'm at like 87k, and, that, and I started that too late. <laughs> I started that in like 2022. Dude, I started mine Next. like a year and a half yeah. ago. TikTok is a whole different thing. It's crazy. Yeah, but Instagram is I, always cock blocking. Always, forever. Really? For, That's crazy. Forever. I do not understand that whatsoever. I don't. I don't understand why they don't push like good creators i mean i'm bitter i'm all your I've stuff is original so bitter about it for so long it's hard like, oh I, I don't blame you one bit i'm bitter for you about it yeah well ricky didn't get, he wasn't involved in any like oil scandal or anything hey you just gotta piss off an oil brand yeah. there you go uh, uh, exxon uh, <laughs> you guys <laughs> Uh, all right uh hey once again i, I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons uh you guys help us keep the lights on as always and uh again if you want to join the army go over to patreon.com slash another woodshop podcast get signed up over there join it ricky yes thank you thank you so much for joining us appreciate it fellas. really appreciate it you are one hell of a talent and i feel honored that you're here ditto all right <laughs> and with that Bye-bye. Love you all. Bye-bye. Love you a long time. Hey, the episode's over. Why are you still listening? There's nothing more. Go. Go listen to another quality podcast, or an okay podcast. Like Shop Sounds. No, wait.
Do better than that. We built a thing. I hear they're really great.